Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Ink with me, Matt Valdez. And today I've got a special guest who I tattooed him not too long ago, actually, what, like six months? Yeah, about six months ago. Met him through uh, another client of mine, a mutual friend from him. And uh, yeah, let's say hello to Skylar Baldwin. Hi guys, nice to meet you. Hope you enjoy the episode. Yeah, um, I met Skylar, like I said, through one of our friends, uh, Giselle, or Gigi, yeah. everybody calls her, you know? And uh, your first tattoo, because it's more of a music-based, um, it's a microphone with the beats into a treble clef on the wrist, and uh, cool because what you're a beatboxer yeah so musician musician with the mouth I guess you could say <laughs> I mean you do have um, traditional music in your background too like you said yeah I have uh, I played a little bit of piano growing up but my main focus is really uh, like percussion I, I did drumline oh nice and, uh, I just took a bunch of music theory classes very cool, very cool. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I'm a drummer. I've been playing music yeah, since I'm, like... It's always in percussion. If I try to pick up a piano now or anything, it's usually not percussion related. It's not going to sound nearly as good. I was younger. Right? You're like, it's going to hurt. Uh, today, we're adding on to your half sleeve on the bottom, which eventually turned into a full sleeve. And it's a uh, anatomical heart. I don't know if you can see that, folks. Anatomical heart with some headphones. Music notes. Music notes, lightning, lightning electricity yes. going on because <laughs> that's what it's all about. Um, and we're starting on the on the forearm, getting this sucker added to the inside part, which probably feels like shit. But yeah, it really, feels, it feels great. <laughs> it feels magical. I like it a lot. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so tell everybody. I mean, when you, when you talk about beatboxing, something that you don't really hear too much of. You know, you're, you're like, oh, I'm a beatboxer. Getting more okay. popular, but not, not quite there yet. Yeah, still, still unknown talent. Wait, what do you want to call that? Underground? You want to call it like... Underdog? I don't know. Underdog, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess underground is, is a good terminology for it. Uh, upcoming, how about that? Up and coming, yeah, 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 yeah. that makes that sense. sense. Uh, kind of like this Beyond the Ink. Yeah, Beyond the Ink. Up and coming, gotta start somewhere, you know? So that's cool. How long have you been doing that? Uh, around six years now. Um, I started in middle school, so. Very cool, very cool. How did you first realize, or what made you want to become a beatboxer, you know? Um, the inspiration really started just from watching um, just people on YouTube who beatbox, you know? And uh, when I was younger, I used to have a lot of ticks and stuff and just make a lot of noises, and I was, I was uh, heavily judged for those things, so. When I saw a way I could turn something I was bullied for into like a passion, you know, I, I jumped on board immediately and I uh, was really inspired to want to beatbox. Not only that, I just thought it was super cool, you know, people making all these crazy sounds and things that you wouldn't even be able to fathom that a mouth could potentially do. Until you yeah, know, so. dude, it's, and, and you know, you know what it sounds funny, funny is it goes, it goes way back, back to like monks, monks and yeah. Yeah. Buddhist, Buddhist monks, monks and you know, know like, like they do this thing with their throat singing. Yes, yeah, Himalayan. Mm -hmm. yeah. exactly. exactly. And yeah. then you hear about things like that, and you go, "Oh my God!" Yeah. The the noise and the things that you can do. Um, I mean, my my 
exposure to beatboxing was like in the 80s and then the 90s with like like Rozelle yeah Bismarcky and you know yeah like it was it was always like you know uh, the fat boys you know back and and uh, but now you know I've I've heard of some of these beatbox competitions but that's pretty cool to to know that you're like part of that I mean that's it's interesting when you think about um, what it takes to make all that noise. <laughs> you yeah, know? I mean, a lot of people, they look at you like you're just making random noises, or sometimes they're just confused. There's a lot of depth to it, and a lot of yeah. passion that goes into like creating your own sounds, or, you know, um, I mean, and a lot of it is, is just as real as playing a drum, you know? Just like with drumming, if you want to be, I mean, to my standards of a good beatboxer, you want to have good rhythm, you know, and you want to have timing, and, you want to um, sound as close as replicate as you could to a drum set. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's 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 not easy. You know, it takes it takes time, and you got to have a lot of dedication to want to work towards it. Because sometimes you sound like a fish in a fishbowl, just <laughs> trying to sing. And sometimes you'll well, remember the, sounds better. I remember the first time you were over here, and then actually have video of him beatboxing. You know, that's right. I about that. um, yeah, yeah, I was like, like all right. I, let me hear it, yeah, you know, yeah, kind of like to do a tire mic. Yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I went to go put my hustle butter on, but uh, didn't have it on my hand. So yeah, hustle butter. That's what we ask. What is that? It's hustle butter. It's the best shit on the market. Gotta say that. Gotta get it. I don't have to say that. I'm not getting paid to say that. But I've been using hustle butter for what seven years now, I think, or shoot, maybe six, seven, eight. I don't know. Longer. I don't know. Forever. Um, I love it. Buy it. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. So go get, yeah, get it online. Oh, and don't forget Hextat. Ah, product placement. Um, that's where I get all my needles from. It's called uh, Needle Supply. Hextat needles, cartridges. They got everything there. Again, one-stop shop. Go check them out. Tattoo artist, check it out. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's funny. Sorry, shameless plug. Um, not shameless at all. I love this stuff and. I only put my name on it if it's actual, if it's good stuff, you know? Yeah, quality. So you were saying that you got bullied for some of these things. Now, when you say ticks, did you, do they say like, oh, you had um, like autism, you said, or, or more like, uh, what's that, Tourette's? Or? No, it was more, uh, it was, I guess it's kind of a form of Tourette's. A lot of autistic uh, people have it. Because uh-huh. um, I also work, like, currently in my profession, I work with autistic children. Oh, nice. So um, a lot of them have, like, you know, I guess what you would, the average I considered, or I guess the uneducated person would consider Tourette's, you know. Okay. But really, um, the difference is Tourette's is usually uncontrollable, right? And it's yeah. constant. So, uh, I mean, it might not be constant, but it's not in a particular situation to where it occurs, it happens whenever, however, whether you want it to or not. Yeah. Um, and same thing applies to uh, the kind of takes I have, but, but the thing is, the difference is with autism is it's not all the time. It's usually in like when I felt I was socially uncomfortable or like I felt like, like I was awkward, that's when the takes would come out. And that so was like my stress way of, induced? Yeah, stress yeah. induced, exactly. Okay. That was my way of my brain trying to com- compute um, with the things that I was uh, concerned about or just confused, you know? Yeah. Because the thing with autism is a lot of, like, confrontation or just, I mean, someone saying hi to you is not a big deal. Most people happily say hi back. Mm-hmm. You know, happy or not, I guess they say hi back. 
And it's not a big deal to them, but to someone with autism, it could be their whole world crashing down. And that's usually when you would see those ticks come out. Really? Um, so I could just be sitting in the classroom. There could be a lecture going on, and I would just start making sounds or tapping my fingers or drumming, and it was uncontrollable. And um, yeah, I was bullied for it. I remember getting in a lot of trouble within schools for it. I even had to switch schools once because they were telling me I was too much of a distraction and stuff like that. Really? Um, yeah. That's and shitty. It's kind of hard to focus when there's a kid in the back just making a bunch of random sounds, you know. I'm not going to say it was the right decision to make, but it's understandable on there and why they would do that, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I can say, like, back in... <laughs> back in my day. You know, <laughs> you know I could say that, you know, it's kind of... It would be something that they didn't know. I mean, they knew about it. They knew about a lot of things, but it was always, here you go, take a pill. <laughs> you know, like, chill out, relax. And unfortunately, we still have people who do that. You know, there still are certain, for the things that are unknown, it, it can still be like that, you know, like, take a pill, chill out. Um, but we'd also, for most things nowadays, we also have a, a lot of people out there who really care and are putting a lot of effort into like getting knowledge towards these things. And now we live in a time with agencies who will look towards autism or look towards Tourette's or mental illness in general, you know? Yeah. So it's, it is reassuring that um, there's people out there that really care, you know? Well, you giving back and, I mean, I, I say giving back because it's something that affected you. Yeah. And now it's, now you're doing something to help others. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's a big part of it for me. It was, and and I and I can't say if it's more like I know it's due to empathy, but is is it selfless or selfish? You know, I I don't really know. Sometimes I think about well, would I've ever gotten in this profession if I didn't have it myself? You know, I mean, but, you can go around and say that exactly. That's kind of one of those things. But the thing, the the fact is, whether you had it or not, I mean, the fact that you have it, and now you're getting into this, that that profession. Now, I think it's cool because here you go, you could be learning about things that are going on that you may not have known back then, you know, you're, you're getting the latest uh, documents and studies and ways to help that I yeah, had back then, yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing, I just want these, these I, I mean, you can work with anyone within my company of, of any age, excuse me, but I like to stick towards the children, you know, because that's, it's, it's that adolescent age is when they really struggle, when they're starting to notice it, but they don't quite understand it. Mm -hmm. And they might not be getting the help they need in order to grow out of it or, um, you know, learn to live with it in a, in a positive way. So, Do you see, like, kids that remind you of you? Yeah, I do. I, I work with the client currently who's a lot like me. He's very bright and he has a lot of passions, but he's just... Um, he lives in his own world, you know, and socially he doesn't like talking to other people and yeah. he doesn't understand other people, but when it comes to himself, he understa understands himself like a book, he knows exactly what he wants to do and he has more drive than most people you would see, you know, yeah. he just doesn't know socially how to get there, how to interact with people in order to achieve his goals and, you know, uh, a kid like that is bright, it's a lot easier to see uh, changes, mm -hmm. you know, you work with them and you see them um, progress over time and reach their goals, and it's, it's really a, it's a rewarding field to work in. Well, I imagine it, you get a lot of that self-gratification, knowing that you've helped somebody, knowing that they're going to be, a, in essence, a better person um, because of you, you know? Um, 
and I don't mean like self-gratifying, like, oh yeah, I'm going to go and put that on Instagram, you know, because that shit is irritating. <laughs> you help somebody, and you're putting it on Instagram, and it's like, dude, you're doing it for the likes. You, you, this way, you're doing it for passion. You're doing it because you're, well, you're compassionate for the fact that you've been through this. You're still, you know, you experience stuff like that. Has it gotten easier? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned uh, too earlier, like sometimes people don't even notice anymore, you know? Yeah, I, I, most people don't notice. I would have never. Sometimes people will notice small things like, hey man, notice you're not like, you know, looking me in the eyes when we talk, mm -hmm. you know? But they're not, they don't think of autism, they think of like dishonesty or like, you know, things that um, just aren't related to it. So overall, True. I feel like, other than really just for me, it's eye contact and that's it. Like, other than that, well, I. I would say I'm just as functioning as anyone else in the world, you know. Mm -hmm. I currently live on my own, I work, I have passions, and I have friends, and people I love and care about, and just like anyone else, that's usually what their lives consist of, so. Yeah. yeah. For me, I would say, it's, I mean, comparing to how I was, running away from everything, uh, yeah. you know, bullied, you know, felt outcasted and confused all the time, definitely big changes, and that's what I want to see with these kids, and, and you know, it all kind of relates to the beatboxing in general, it's just, I always beatbox because it gave me a sense of purpose. You know, if I couldn't talk to someone, then I could beatbox to for them. You know, and it would make them, uh, it would make them uh, interested, like become my friend, or it'd be like, oh, they're confident, they can beatbox confidently. And like once I do yeah. that, it would, it would help me open up more in talking. You know, the second I could beatbox for them, I knew I could talk to them. Yeah, it was kind of like your, it was your window, the it was your, yeah, yeah, your door. Yeah, so so that's that's, that's cool, cool though. though. Um, now, now, when, when did you, you first? first you said, you said it was middle school, but I remember you talking about an actual talent show that you entered, and that takes guts, dude, to go in front of your peers and to go and put yourself out there, you know, where, where you're like, all right, I'm here. All right, guys. And there's people you know to the extent where you probably know every single one of their names. Yeah. You go out and you perform uh, on the street or in a venue, it's like, I mean, if you, if you bomb it, it's whatever, you know. You're, not gonna, you're hardly going to see these guys again. again. Yeah. Maybe one or two of the faces will come back just to give you another chance, but even then, that's out of respect. Yeah. You know? Other than that, people in middle school, you know, you're going to see these people after. You're going to see them in class. You're going to see them in class. You're going to see them probably in a couple of them at least in high school, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, I remember going up there, and it was just eighth grade. Um, right before the summer of it, and I think there was like there's a lot of kids. There's like a lot of kids and adults, and I think like end of the school merged with mine for their talent shows. So there was like 500 people. Oh shit! It's a the, big ass town. Yeah, I remember show. them opening the curtains, and I was like, Yeah, I could run right now. <laughs> I <can laughs> yeah, I don't want to do this. This is this some bullshit. <laughs> like that that spark, you know. I was like, No, nah, like I've I've done this every day for like I think it was around six to eight months at that point. You know, I was really passionate about it. And I was like, I'm kind of tired of like people looking at me like I'm not capable you're, of anything. Or like you're a fucking alien. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I somehow. What was your What was your your routine? I mean, how how long did you? I think it was like a minute and a half, two minutes. Okay. Um, which I mean, it's pretty. It's they kind of limit you. You know, there's other people who are in the talent show. So yeah, they're like, get to the point. Hurry the fuck up. No. Yeah. I mean, each person, a lot of in middle school, it's it's just singing, you know. Like, or dancing. Or dancing. Or, yeah. Yeah, so. That's cool. What was, uh, what was the, the outcome? Oh, people loved it. 
Nice. You know, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of people who were uh, who would who would bully me um, were asking me to like hang out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. They're like, hey, you're, you're not, not you're not, you're not weird after all. Yeah. You're kind of cool. He's like, oh, I see all these girls who are cheering for you, but you should be my friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, you mean the women noticed? And I remember a girl I liked in like middle school too. She was like totally into it. And then, I was able to like use that as a window to to go on a date, and it was, it was pretty cool. I remember just overall the experience was good. Everything I was looking to gain out of it, I, I did. So it was very confident boosting. That's very, very cool. cool. Yeah, I remember. When word advice anyone who's watching, if you're someone who has something you want to do and you're ever afraid to uh, to go out and show it to someone, I mean, worst thing that happens, you know, you brush it off. Most people aren't going to remember it the next day. So, but if they do. I do remember it, and then you're going to be known for that for the rest of your life. <laughs> People are going to want to you know, hang out with you, or they're going to want to uh, socialize with you. So, you know, always chase your dreams and uh, don't run away from the current. <laughs> my, my my thing, thing is, is, you got to take, take a shot, shot dude. Yeah. Because you 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 don't know where you stand unless you take a shot. And if you fucking bomb, if you ask a girl out, she's like, man, kick rocks. At least you took a shot, dude. You knew it. Got more courage than some people out there. Yeah, because you know? that's, that's a positive trait. You, yeah. You bit the bullet. You did. You went, you did it. Fuck it. You may not be the girl that, you know, she might not be the one for you, but I guarantee there's someone looking in the wings and going, hey, this guy's got some confidence. And confidence is. Yeah. That's or maybe somehow you get that miracle chance and by the girl sees and goes, oh, I saw you get rejected, but I think you're cute. Want to go on a date? Yeah, yeah. I, I liked your. I liked your. Yeah, your style, you know, whatever. Yeah. I liked the way you approached her. It was cool. Something. Yeah. But not, not only that, it could be, she could be better looking than the first. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, superficial, of course. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying no, to say No judging. Yeah, no judging at all. But, <laughs> but I mean, when you have that situation where you're, that rejection is just like, ugh. Yeah, no, rejection is something that I feel like everyone in the world hears, you know. Of course. It's the only reason... To, to necessarily most of the time be afraid. And 90% of the reason why I'm scared throughout, you know, whatever I am is I can always point towards confrontation or being rejected, you know, or the fear of failing. I mean, by the end of the day, most of the stuff that I've tried to do, if I didn't succeed the first time, I did the second, or at least the third, you know. Eventually, I got what I was wanting out of it. And yeah. sometimes it sucks, you know, you get rejected, but eventually you won't, and then you're gonna feel better, at least knowing that you got rejected and eventually reached your goal versus not trying at all or getting rejected and giving up, you know. Yeah, I, I, everything in life, I always say, is a numbers game. So, for the five, six people that you talk to, only one's gonna really give a shit about what you have to say. Right, <laughs> you know, And so, like, you might, you might have, have someone else, else who really does, does care and says, oh, okay, I like what you're about. I like what you're doing. But nine times out of ten, you know, you get some of those, those people that just don't give a rat's ass. I remember there was points and times where I was like, this sucks, you know. Like, like so you didn't want the label? Or you well, just didn't no, want I just wanted people to talk to me for myself. Like, I wanted people to be my friend because I thought I was, like, I, I was a, I'd be, like, a good friend. Or, like, there was a reason to, like, talk to me other than the beatbox shirt. But then as I got on, I was like, well, maybe, maybe most people will look at me as just to be boxed. And that's all they ever want from me is just to be boxed for them. 
But yeah. people will approach me and say, oh, dude, beatboxing is super cool. We should hang out, you know? And that'll be the gateway to make friends. So my, my uh, perspective on it changed pretty quickly. Um, and that's what happened. You know, people would be like, oh, dude, beatboxing is super cool. And like, I'd hang out with them. And then I realized we'd have their interests, you know? And they'd become my friend. And it wasn't, he's a beatboxer. It was like, oh, it's my friend Skylar. He beatboxes. You know? and, yeah. And that's what you, I want. I just want friends. Because I was yeah. very... Uh, very socially awkward in the beginning of high school, um, up until like probably my sophomore year. What was the, what did, what was the effects at home? I mean, like, how did it, how was your home life when, with all this? Um, my family is really supportive. Um, you know, kind of like, as, as unfortunate as it is, like I told you, I was, I was, um, I got into some of my drug use, you know, in the early ages of high school. I thought the only way I could make friends was to uh, do what they were doing. So some of them were smoke weed or drink on the weekends, whatever it may be. So I ended up yeah. really um, getting into those things with the people around me. Um, and so that was just and your that way was of... affecting home life. You know, parents were very, um, they were supportive of me becoming someone and having friends. And of course they were supportive of my music. Like they showed me a lot of love that uh, unfortunately yeah. some parents might not, you know. But at yeah. the end of the day, they were still disappointed with the fact that I was doing things that weren't, um, healthy for myself or for my future. So the home life was taking a hit in that sense. So regardless of how the beatboxing um, was going, was going, that was really, that's kind of where things were. Yeah. And you know, it went on for a little while and eventually I grew out of it. And then after that, my parents were extremely supportive. They were like, I would, I, they would they'd take me to First Friday um, downtown here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, just to watch me perform and you know, my stepdad, um, really my dad, he bought me my first amp and my birthday and, my, and the mic and stuff and just, they were really, you know, they were always loving and supportive. I thought it was cool and they would like chill their friends and stuff, so. So, yeah. wait, how, how old is your stepdad? Are you, you said, so you're, you have a stepfather who, how long has he been in, in your life? Like, how long has he been around? Since I was, I want to say 11. Um, okay. Yeah, I think anywhere from 10 to 12, somewhere around there. I, I believe it's 11, but, so he's been in there for around close to 10 years now, you know? Yeah. Um, and definitely was there during young teenage years to teenage years. The, so the young Skyler yeah, who was... The, the angsty teenager. Yeah, the prepubescent <laughs> slash yeah. fuck hormones type thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure you gave him a few... Uh, I'm sure I gave him a, a big run for his money back then. A few, few sleepless know, nights and stuff. Yeah, but he stuck through and he was always there. And, and you know, every, every teenager has their fights with their parents. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're still to this day. They're good parents and they're supportive. And You, you know, love your parents. parents. Exactly, yeah. I always have a relationship with them, which I hope everyone else will be able to have the same with their parents, you know. I don't, I don't but that's a whole different story. We don't want to get in there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. My dad's cool. It's, yeah. uh, my, my, I did I have did a stepdad, have but he was... You know, you know, he was he cool was at cool times. times. There was really things that he would do, though, that were, you know, he's a dick. I'm sorry, yeah, there's no way around it, you know? Okay, I mean, um, not everyone's nice in this world. No, and it's weird because, you know, I have, technically, I have two stepchildren. I have my two oldest sons aren't biologically mine, but I've, I've, I've never called them that. You know, you know, unless, unless I'm, I'm trying to explain, explain the timeline, you know, because my one, my oldest son is 28 and my second oldest son, you know, he's 25. So, 
you know, him being 20, I'm only 43, that would have made me, what, 15 and a half? <laughs> it's like, hey, how this work? Well, I put it in, you know? So, but I, but, I mean, it's, it, I've had them, I've raised them for 24 years, right? Yeah. And, you know, so much that my family, like my, my dad, my stepmom, you know, they forget that they're my stepkids. They're right. just like, it's, it's just Jacob and Dominic, you know? Yeah. Um, Eventually, you see this yeah. work, and that's what it is. There's no label or anything. They're Correct. Just, they're just there for you. Correct. And, and, that's, and that's the thing, too, is like, I, I, I call my stepdad my stepdad, not because I don't think he is, but because I've I called him that for so long. Yeah. That's yeah. just what comes in my head. Yeah. But you'll hear me go, well, my stepdad, Aaron. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, my dad, Aaron, you know, because I realize he's it's, more it, of it's a, a respect thing. Like, he loves yeah. and cares about me in a way that a father should, therefore, he is a father. You know, Correct. You know, and that, at the end of the day, that, that's that's what matters. Um, that know, he's, he's your, your father. father. He's, yeah. and, he's, and even if you don't say it enough, as long as you show the appreciation, sometimes. Well, that, he's, he's going to see it on this, and yeah. if, if he ends up, <laughs> if he ends up, uh, you know, watching it and subscribing to uh, Beyond the Ink. <laughs> all the sponsors. Huh? So I'm checking out all the sponsors. <laughs> right, and checking out. Yeah, he can go. Get, get himself, yeah, yeah, get himself get some hustle, hustle butter, and yeah. you know the cool thing is like if, if you go to Needle Supply and get hustle butter and get you can get all you can get all the aftercare. You just can't buy the stuff to unless you're a professional tattooer. You just can't buy the stuff to do tattoos. You know. For instance, like I was, we were having talking about how you put it up. You grab it, it's like oh, it looks really good, and, you know, and it feels good. Like is that a daily moisturizer? Is that for tattooing? And you're like, well, it is. Just for tattooing, but it's it's no, more moisturizing. Well, see, there's a lot of people that um, that don't understand. You know, you have another plug for um, for hustle butter, because there's you know my son has eczema, and okay, so you know how you have to get that prescription for the eczema cream, and it's kind of a pain in the ass, and it burns, and it stinks, and it's like. So, I haven't used it since I was a kid, but I, I definitely remember what it was like. Yeah, I so... My ears and my neck. Yeah. I had... Uh, I've been working at this shop, um, of which I do not speak of anymore. <laughs> and uh, I would tell them about Puzzle Butter. I was like, dude, you guys got to use it. You got to use it. And one of uh, the, my, uh, the owner's clients had eczema on her elbow and he was tattooing her arm you know and she was saying that oh it's bothering me you know had a little flare up or whatever you want to call it and so I said oh try some of this I put it on at the beginning of her session and then a couple hours later I asked her I said so how's your arm and she was like oh my god I totally forgot about that you put it on she looks at it and all the redness was gone and it subsided and conditioned yeah and it's so also, that's it's also because it's based off of it's it's all natural stuff. It's right. it's pretty much it's vegan, you know. And um, so I used it, and I've, I've I used it on my son. I've used it on my grandson. Yeah, I'm a grandfather. Uh, my you know my wife uses it. Like we use it for everything for tattoos, but for anything skin related, you know and Again, not petroleum-based. There's no, you know, nasty shit in there. It smells phenomenal. Uh, so it's like, yeah. Just overall it's a, good product. Overall. You've seen really good results. With it. Yeah, and, and again, I'm such a picky bitch 
when it comes to like trying new things or or using new things and it was great it's it, it works really really well and uh yeah, I've been using it ever since. I've been using Hustle Butter for years now. So you compete, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. How does one get into a beatbox competition? Um, there's, it just depends on the the uh, how intense the competition can be in the sense of like how big of a competition it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the smaller ones that just other beatboxers will like run out venues and throw for fun. You okay. Just, you know, you just go there and you just you put you sign your name and you. Pay the entrance fee. Just use like 20, 20, 10, 20 bucks. Excuse me, it's not that much. Okay. Um, and then do an elimination. So they have an elimination where everyone just does like a one-minute showcase of what they got and what they can do. And then they pick 16 people that they believe um, are the best. And then they determine a tournament system where it's one v one until they get to the final and then you win. Um, for some other competitions, it's, it's the same process as far as tournament, but the only difference is in order to actually get into the competition, you have to put in a wild card. And most of them is you just record a minute to two minutes of you beatboxing, you put it in on YouTube, yeah. yeah, and you're like, this is what I got, and they'll contact you through email if you won, like if you were, uh, you got an entry essentially, um, and then that's that's pretty much the gist of uh, beatbox battles. Like I was explaining to you, um, they seed it, so the number one elimination, like let's say. Um, it's a wild card, or and it's just an elimination round in person. They'll pick the person who did the best, and they will go up against the uh, 16th contestant, and second will go up against 15th, and so on. I see. So that at the end, one uh, competitor number one and number two, as far as skill, will battle for the final. So it's most um, entertaining, you know. Yeah, yeah. I still think it's funny, funny how they will put, put number one, one versus. Like, like number, number 14, 14, you know, the one yeah. that sucked ass. Because, yeah. you know, it's yeah, almost like they're setting him up for failure. I mean, but it, it just depends. I mean, sometimes that happens, but sometimes the number 14 actually wins the battle. They bust something out of their sleeve and then they're the underdog and they end up going and winning the entire competition. And everyone's like, well, you just, you just beat all the high contestants. And not only did you win, we just kind of established really how good you were, you know. Because sometimes it's, it's easy to get nervous on the elimination, like I had a battle to where I was pretty low in the, in, in the elimination, in the sense of I got nervous, it was like I was the first person to go up and perform for the entire night, to even grab the mic and just start beatboxing. You know, so I got nervous, kind of messed So you, you bit the bit bullet. The, yeah, I bit the bullet, but I had enough skill to where like, okay, he got nervous, but let's put him in, he has a lot of skill, let's see what he brings to the table. You know, maybe he'll uh, get some charisma as he warms up. And that's exactly what happened, I started battling and got a lot. Um, I got a lot better. So, so your, your your first, first battle, battle, how old were you when you when you had your 15. first fifteen? Yeah, I was fifteen years old. So here's fifteen year old Skylar. This is like usually adults. <laughs> Most of them are like twenty to, to like twenty seven. How'd you do? Oh, just, just absolutely bombed it. <laughs> Completely embarrassed myself. Stopped midway. I pulled a slim shady. <laughs> My bombs are sweaty. <laughs> Mom spaghetti. Oh my god, that's funny. But you know, beatbox, beatbox sense of doing it. You know. Hey man, most of the uh, most of the legends they have a uh, they have a fail in there in the beginning. I, and it's so true that you have to fail in order to know where you are, where you stand in the grand scheme. You have to get to that point where you're really questioning if you want to continue. 
Yeah. It, it's, it's that brink of the point where you're like, I want to give up right now. That's where it really shows how passionate you are. Not when things are easy, when things are fun, but when, yeah. Yeah, when you lose all motivation, it's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to get up and do it again, or are you going to give up? And if you get up and do it again, you're going to come back stronger, and you're going to love it even more because you realize it's worth it. I just, I just, I just hit the bottom, and I still love what I'm doing. So yeah. it could be worse, you know? No, I mean, you bomb, like you said, and then you get back up and you just, just kick ass and go for it again. Use it as momentum. Use it as... Yeah, it was, uh, it was a boost. Just didn't realize it yet. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, mean, it's not, it's not like, I mean, you know, with sports, sometimes you bomb and you break and you get injured and you never do it again. You fail, you lost competition, you didn't lose any of your skill. You still have beatboxer, you still know everything that you knew before. No, just know what you don't want to do now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. what, what what made you choke? Do you remember? Or it was just kind of like it was. I the round was longer than I expected. Uh huh. Um, I was just really focused. How long are rounds? rounds? It just depends. Usually they're a minute thirty. And I thought okay. they were a minute. And oh, okay. I remember thinking like, look it up, and then everyone was kind of like waiting for me to finish, and judges weren't telling me that the round was over, or to switch the mic to the next person. The person was bad, excuse me. I remember just looking up and I was like, oh shit. You're like, oh, oh shit, shit, I still have 30 seconds left. Yeah, and then like, the fact that you stop and you, and I, I tried, but I remember trying to play 10 seconds and I was just like, eh, I just passed the mic. And unfortunately, it was, a, it was a, a venue where we didn't have a lot of time there. So usually, beatbox battles will be two rounds. So a total of um, six minutes, you know, three minutes for each person, two rounds, one minute 30 for each person for each round. Yeah. But it was only a minute 30 one round so I was literally left with not a second chance to redeem myself for a uh, second round it was what I just did was the end I didn't even know that so I was like oh it was just a it was a one and done yeah it was a show us what you got or get off the stage essentially could you see yourself traveling and going to like Japan and going all these places just to beatbox 100%. That'd be fucking cool. Yeah, it would be cool. I would definitely travel the world to be a box if people were seeking that, you know. If people yeah. were messaging me like, hey, I really like you and I think you're cool and they're like a big record deal or a company or something. Like, I want, I want to get you on performances. I want to get you to go to Japan or uh, whatever it may be. Like, all these different countries, like, we're going to get you on a tour. I would totally take the opportunity. Not only would I get the experience of traveling the world and seeing the different cultures and people, mm -hmm. I get to do what I love for so many different diverse people, you know. And, but, and, and spread the idea of maybe you can be passionate about it too. Because that's the thing. The big thing about performing to me is I love performing. Mm -hmm. What I love more is, is seeing someone who the spark in their eyes of like, I want to be a boxer. I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best. I want to be like that guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean. And I've had people who see me and like, dude, that's super cool. Like, I kind of be box, but like, I want to I wanna be good. Like, you know, and they get really passionate. And well, because so they want to ask you, how did you, how did you get good? How did you become where you are and my you answer know? to that is always consistency that's literally yeah it. no one starts i mean some people are savants don't get me wrong but i was not one of those people i'm not a savant towards really anything in life but i'm i, I was willing to dedicate six years to it and now i can com com like you know confidently say i'm a beatboxer and like i can go and perform people some, someone out there will enjoy it you know correct and they will they will be impressed and and all that is just from hard work just Maybe only an hour a day, but an hour every day. But it's but true it's what true they say, dude. Hard work yeah. pays off. I don't I care. Don't it's cliche. I don't care when no, people, you know. It's I, not even <laughs> cliche to me. It's the hard truth. It's like, just If you true. don't put work into something, you'll never be as good as you are if you, if you do put work into it. You can still be a savant. You can be talented. 
but a savant who is putting work into it still versus a savant who's not is going to be more impressed or more impressive, you know, or more talented. Yeah. yeah. Regardless, hard work shows no matter who you are or what your your uh, pros or cons are. You know, wherever you stand, if you put hard work into it, you will be better than you were the day before and the day after and the day after. Well, that's, well, that's the, the same, same like, like tattooing. tattooing. There's, there's so many, so many artists and they're phenomenal artists and everything, but then there's uh there's a few that. They don't, they don't practice, practice. They, they won't draw, draw. they won't do, you know, no. certain things, things yeah. to hone to their hone craft. Their craft. And then they get pissed off when it's like, like oh, nobody wants to see your tattoos. Nobody wants to get tattooed by you. And they're like, well, what's wrong with me, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, you don't, you can tell when you're passionate about, about what you do. You know, it, it's, it shows it on the, on the stage on your skin, like, it, it shows it, man. Like, I'll sit, I'll make sure that this job is complete before I can, you know. That's my name on it. <laughs> I take pride in, in yeah, what I do, you, you know? You know, and just saying, yeah. boxing, I don't, I don't go up there and put a half-assed performance up, you know? I go up there and I do my best every time I can, and if I can't, then I, I don't do it that day, you know, I do it the next day. Yeah. You know, you should always, always consistently be practicing and trying to get better at anything, you know, anything. it's in my job, I'm not just that way towards the box, I'm still with my job, constantly doing research, saying, okay, what is new about autism that I could potentially invest into learning so I can help this kid out, or what new teaching habits can I learn, or what new yeah. skills can, you know, anything, and, and it's, it's the same thing, like, like I told you, you got a dog, what can I do to train, like, to train this dog to be better listening, what can I do to make it so he's not sick, or, you know, the creation and probably anything, you should always constantly be researching and learning, trying to educate yourself more and just get better because if not, like what else were you put on earth to do? You know, you're not put on here to like be half assed or to be lazy. You're put here to work hard. Yeah. And, and to become something. You know, that's my belief though everyone's different. I tell my son, you know, he's in the Navy. I tell all my sons, all my kids. Uh, my kids I, I I tell them You gotta learn man. Just constant, complete and continued education is something that is very, very important because you know, nobody can take that away from you. And that makes you more valuable. I mean, that, creates, that creates more of, you know, like you'll be a lot more valuable to whomever is looking to hire you or, you know, and just, just show up, man, work. Be good at what you do. Be better than the person next to you. And if you can't be better than the person next to you, I mean, learn from that person because if he's better than you, then I mean, that's, that's shitty. But, <laughs> but I mean, that's on you, dude. You got to. Yeah, and, and a little off top, on topic. You know, sure. Everyone, uh, everyone struggles to have motivation some days. You know, like I can sell these words right now and most of the time I will live by them. But there's plenty of times where, you know, everyone wakes up, hits that snooze button, hits that snooze button, hits that snooze button. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And, and, and I think those are the most important times where you got to push yourself. Where you, where have, you, to you have to show up. You have to show up. Yeah. yeah. You've got to clock in on that day. Yeah. yeah. There's, there was, there's days, and I'm not going to lie, uh, I've struggled with depression. I've struggled a lot, the majority of my life, you know, has been a very, a very dark, you know, um, and art, music, all that shit was just an escape for me. And so I was able to get into that, you know, and, and there was, even then, I mean, there was times where I'm like, man, 
I don't want to do this. I don't want to get up. I don't want to. But I did. And that, that's, a, that's not you talking. That's, that's the mental illness talking. Because you know, I was the same way. I grew up very depressed um, and anxious. And, well, I know, could imagine. I with those things. I could imagine, I mean, having, having autism, autism yeah, and being it's, it's like, like just seeing, you know, why, why, why not, not so much a why me, but just a, like, fuck, you know? Uh, yeah, there's plenty of times where I wake up and I'm literally like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. You know, who would I have been if I didn't have this? You know, or how much easier my life would be if I didn't have it? You know, and it sucks. I, I used to think like that. I used to, you know, curse at anyone I could. You know, whatever was out there, I'd curse. And be like, damn it, why did you scream over this bad? But I realized, like, maybe, maybe it's not a curse. You know, maybe it's a gift. I understand music in a way that most people don't, and I'm so dedicated to it because of my autism. I'm, I was the kind of person where my whole life I was stuck on one thing my entire life. I yeah. was stuck to playing video games at one point. I was stuck to running. And now I'm constantly obsessed with the idea of music. I'm always listening to music. You know, hence the tattoo. I'm always beatboxing. Hence the yeah. last tattoo. Whatever it may be, I was, I'm, I'm constantly, usually focused on one thing. And, and I dedicate to it. And, and I really thought about it one day. And I was like, is that a curse? Is it a curse to be dedicated to something? And to be I, passionate about it? I don't think it is, no. man. I think it's actually really good that it's you like fixate you know, and yeah, yeah and yeah. you just like okay i know yeah. what i'm gonna do and, and sure there's like the social things but those things you can learn you can learn to become more social you can learn to work through the autistic tendencies but which you and, and you can learn to be dedicated but you can never force yourself to to be dedicated or want to be dedicated you know if, if you aren't born with the fixation with the obsession with the passion mm-hmm. you can become passionate about it but it's never going to be the same versus naturally wanting to do something like it resonating within you, you yeah know? yeah and and that's why i really consider if like some of these kids i work with or myself is it really a curse you know yeah, yeah, I so mean, kids with autism, they're, they're, I know they have depression too. They feel outcast and they're 10 years old and I can tell they have depression. They are sad. You, you know? just yeah. have but to change geniuses. your mindset though. But they're geniuses. They yeah. have things that make them so incredibly intelligent where I'm like, dude, I know you don't understand this because you're young. But and, yeah. You're going to look in the mirror and you're going to be like, I'm smarter than the guy I work next to, to the left, to the right, to the front, to the back, and me than my boss. You exactly. Know? You just got to work with those challenges and hone what you have and what you've been given. Well, dude, well, I, I think that's, that's cool, cool that, that you're, you're, I think that's cool that you're doing that. Um, I really think that's cool that you're working through your own autism and um, you're helping people recognize, you know, what's going on with this. Um, I don't want to say disease because it's not a disease. It's not like you, I mean, you can call it a disability. If you want. I mean, I mean, but even that, but is it though? <laughs> I, I like to in say, forms. I, I like to say help people with, with with the different perspective they have, you know, or indifferences, because that's what yeah. I say. They're indifferences or they're different perspectives. They're not they're not disabling. No one with autism is necessarily disabled, unless they're actually at the point where they're just not cognitive, you know. Yeah. yeah. But anyone that has a conscious is able to hold the conversation somewhat and has things that they are talented at or skills that they could potentially find in the future, they have just as much potential as anyone else. It might take more um, work than the average person to get that potential out of them, but it's still there. But know? it's still there, yeah. You know? Well, and I you appreciate it. you got the picture of Albert Einstein right there. I do. You know, they theorize that he had autism. They theorize that Stephen Hawking had autism. They theorize that Steve Jobs had autism. Yeah. All these big, really successful people in not even the business market, but also in the science, you know, they theorize that they had some form of autism, yet they were people that we talk about in school every single day. 
Mm -hmm. And and those things just prove that it's it's never a disability. It's only disability if you choose it to let it become a disability. Honestly, appreciate you allowing me to do this, and I appreciate the talk. And and uh, I mean, you know, let me stab you. But um, so so you're gonna go home, and you're gonna go. Start up some social media so that way yeah, yeah, people, people can, can contact can, can contact you and find out where they can see you do your you know your thing and and I think it's cool man you should support you know local artists and uh, musicians and just create that buzz so that way it can become more of a mainstream thing you know so but I do want to uh, I do want to give them a little sample so whenever you're ready man just. Sounds good. You know, spit a little bit for for these. I'm gonna go ahead folks. and uh, sit up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit up, sit up a bit. No worries, dude. <laughs> I got not gonna lie, dude. Really hey, not gonna lie, man. That was that was that was it. That was that was some good shit. It sounds so different from when you when you've got a microphone in your hand and amp, but that's everything. So, but dude, I appreciate you sitting down. Let me do this. I'll post up a picture of this later. If you're still with us, smash that like button. Give us a thumbs up. Do all that good stuff. Subscribe. Share. Let everybody know about Beyond the Ink. And again, as always, if you have an interesting story, you want to be on the show, hit me up, email, comment down below. Uh, I thank you very much for the support. We're doing really well. 2020, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be even better. So, um, yeah, Skylar, thank you for yeah for showing up and doing this. And he's going to have some social media, so we'll be able to, uh, yeah. If anyone's interested in uh, wanting to join the community or just in general beatboxing, feel free to message me. I'm always, it's my passion, so I love talking about it. Yeah, awesome. So, hey, uh, thanks again. I'm Matt Valdez. The second E is silent. So, again, thanks to Hextat. Thanks to all my guys. Hustle Butter. Go check it out, man. It's good stuff. So, I'm out. 